0: Hi there and welcome to Naturally Recovering Autism. I am your host, Karen Thomas, and I wanna thank you so much for being here and being a proactive parent and getting the resources that you need to let your child live their most fulfilling and independent life possible. When my own son was diagnosed with autism, I was told to drug him and try behavioral therapies and there was nothing else that we could do for him but manage his symptoms the rest of his life. But I didn't wanna do that. Fortunately, my background in craniosacral therapy of now 30 years let me know that the brain can and does heal but i didn't know that much about autism what i did know is that i didn't want to just mask the symptoms with dangerous drugs i wanted to find the causes and work with them naturally and fast forward it took me a decade and a lot of time and effort but today my son is no longer diagnosable with autism after being told it could not happen. So I'm here to share with you valuable resources to save you the time and some of the expense that I had to spend to figure it out and to help you let your child lead to their best results possible. Every child's level of recovery is different, but we know that children who couldn't sleep through the night are sleeping now through the night and happily. Their immune systems are now strong where they were once sick all the time. Children who were nonverbal and their parents were told they could never speak are now speaking. Children who were getting D's and F's in school are getting A's and B's. And those that were so anxious all the time and couldn't sit still and, and were uncomfortable in their own bodies are now calm and happy and relaxed and they're leading fulfilling and independent lives with friends this is what we want for our kids so i'm here to share the resources with you so that you can get the best results for your child the best possible and you can start that right now with my free download of this top seven foods to eliminate beginning today of the top foods that are the most inflammatory and toxic that are contributing to those physical and behavioral symptoms of autism that your child is having, they're making his life uncomfortable. So you can get that right now at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash seven foods. And feel free to share that with anybody you know who would be interested. And I will also link to it in today's show notes. There's of course a lot more than diet, but this is something you could start doing today that will begin to reduce those symptoms. And I'm happy to share everything I can with you. So right now, let's dive into today's episode. Hi there, and welcome back once again. I am excited to share today's episode with you. I've put a lot into it because I really want to help you as school approaches for your child. So today's topic is seven vital back to school strategies for parents of children with autism. And this is episode number 174, because I will be linking to some show notes that I think could also be helpful for you. And those will be found at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 174. So we know that school can be really stressful for children with autism, and it's also stressful for us parents too. So I'm here to help you get empowered by having the right strategies and assist with better energy, clearer thinking, and ability to focus, as well as calmer behaviors and better social engagement for your child. It's also important to know your rights, your legal rights, and how we cover most vital strategies for your child. child's greatest success. And that's what this is about, is helping your child feel more comfortable, happy, and have the greatest success that they can possibly in school and in life, of course. So first of all, parents help with school advocacy. And we're going to start with 504 plans versus IEP plans. I want to give you just a little bit of background first, because we know that the The needs of child, of every child is very different. And for this reason, you as a parent are your child's best advocate. If you've been getting calls from the school about your child's behavior or told that your child's having difficulty in class with anything, including a particular subject like reading or writing or math, or your child needs emotional support because they experience anxiety or other issues, then this is really a good time to ask the school for help. So know in most states, especially in the US, of course, that a staff member of the school, including teachers, cannot legally tell a parent that they suspect that there is an issue with your child. A staff member of the school cannot even say that they think your child has a learning disability or needs help in math or writing because it becomes something where it's more medically, they're saying that teachers are giving medical advice, which really ultimately becomes sort of ridiculous on the, the 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 extension of that but this is the they have their boundaries so it's know that it's up to you as a parent to move forward to help your child a parent begins by writing a letter to the school making a written request and this can't just be verbal it needs to be in writing so that there's a paper trail and proof that you've asked and make sure that you date that piece of paper in writing in this letter, you as a parent say that your child may be having issues in school and that you suspect that they may have, be having a learning disability. Do not specify autism. Just ask for an assessment to be done by the school. Under the Americans with Disabilities Act, the school must provide a free evaluation and then assistance based on those results. Once the results of the evaluation are in, then the decisions are made around how to reach the best success for the individual child. So this is where 504 versus IEP plans come in. These IEP and 504 plans help to educate staff on campus about the school, the, the special individual needs of a child to ensure the greatest success. They are plans that are funded by the school and they are completely free. They're also required to be given under the law of this Disabilities Act. Higher functioning children will often be given a 504 plan, which helps them to have special sort of privileges in a classroom, such as an iPad to type if they cannot handwrite comfortably, or anything that helps a child focus and learn better. But unlike an IEP, parents who wish for for a 504 plan for their child cannot request independent educational evaluations if they disagree with the results of a school district's evaluation. Now, an IEP stands for Individualized Educational Program. Children with more needs will often have an IEP plan for school. IEP is is much more specialized than a 504 plan And the IEP often has a school aid assigned to your child or often offers therapy to them. Working along with the staff at your child's school can be very helpful. Teachers and therapists often want to help, but they really don't know how or what your child needs. So this is where you come in. Every parent can can help provide the school staff with the best tools for your child So be sure to meet with your child's teachers and other school staff as soon as you can, either before school begins or shortly thereafter. Everyone should be present in your child's 504 or IEP meeting to be informed of the child's needs and what signs to look for. When the child is at school, it's important for teachers and staff to be informed about these needs of your child because they can help them to give these needs to, your, to the child, maybe letting them take a test in a quiet room, or they see the child having anxiousness on the, uh, the schoolyard and the parent or isn't there to help guide. So the teachers now have more information about this child and what helps calm them or what they might need. Let the staff know what helps your child to relax, be able to focus better, and what helps calm them if they get stressed. Sitting at the front of a classroom often allows less external stimuli between the child and the teacher, and it can be really helpful for a child. Remember that when a child on the autism spectrum is asked a question, you also often need extra, an extra moment or some time to process the information being asked before they can answer. So we want to make sure that this moment is given to them and they're not just passed over. A child, if able, can also be their own self-advocate asking to help to go to a quiet room to take a test or asking for extra time to turn in schoolwork because school can be a really emotional time for everyone. Some initial steps to take are here for you with there are four steps that I, I labeled out. One is get your child ready for their information ready, then meet with a staff and share with the child's need what the need child's needs are and what they should be getting. Prepare your child for school and then also preparing yourself for school. And again, on the show notes, I'm going to give uh, some links to some help for knowing your legal rights and other resources that can be uh, helpful for you further on this. Strategy two I've lifted, listed here was something that was extremely helpful for me when I was working with uh, a plan with my, my son's school back when he was in middle school and the, the early high school uh, years that he was still needing a little bit of assistance. So there's a book called 10 Things Your Student With Autism Wishes You Knew by Ellen Notbaum. And I will link to it in the show notes. And it is it's a very small book but it also is really, really helpful for not only you as a parent, but also to give a copy of it to your child's teachers. It proved to be a valuable asset for my family and my son's teachers as well. It's written from the perspective of a child with autism. And this book uh, also provides more insight in helping a child have greater success in school and contains accolades such as the gold medal independent publisher book award and nonfiction series it's been around since about 2006 and again i myself used it to assist my son's teachers and the son's school staff back when he was needing some assistance there. And I think it was very helpful for everyone. So it's something that I wanted to add to these strategies because I think it is such a valuable piece of of literature. And again, it's a very small book, easy to to, uh, purchase several copies and even pass out to the school staff uh, or your your sons, at least their teachers for sure. Uh, Strategy three, calming sensory issues with exercise. Any exercise is helpful. A child should never have recess taken away from them as a punishment by a teacher or a staff member. They need to get outdoors and move their body. Inform your child's teacher to always let your child exercise when recess comes. Asking a behavioral child to sit in a classroom and miss recess as punishment because they maybe had a poor behavior and they acted out, it is one of the worst things that that the staff can do. Part of the problem for a child on the autism spectrum is really sitting too much and their sensory overload. They need to get out and release this, this energy, the pull-up bars that they usually have on, on school, uh, classroom or school grounds, uh, on the, out at recess, those pull-up bars can be really, really helpful for pulling a child's weight because using the muscles can be very calming to the central nervous system. And then running can also be very calming. The weight on your child's muscles, again, from, from pull-ups, but also from carrying a heavy box can calm his nervous system too. So have a box strategically weighted, such as with some books in it, and set somewhere in his classroom. Have this something be something you do with your, your child's teacher. And then as your child's anxiety or irritability and inability to focus creeps up, then suggest that a teacher ask him to carry the box down the hall to another classroom for them. There are important sensory processing issues for parents and caregivers to really become aware of, and what can be done about them, so so you can better help your children and yourself, because sensory overload is common with children on the autism spectrum. I'm going to link to podcast episode number 13 I did, where I interviewed a sensory expert. Her name's Lindsay Beal. And in this interview, we address many questions such as what are the different types of sensory processing disorders that a person can have and what can be done about it. And I, I strongly suggest that you also share that episode with your child's teachers and other staff members because we want school staff to be informed and educated about the needs of our children because they're working with not only our children, but many of them. And it can be really, really educational for these people who are working daily with these children. I've also created a free download for you called the at home play ideas that help calm sensory issues with lots of different games on that, that can be very, uh, very helpful for calming as far as as well as being fun for a child. And this is, there's, there are things they can do in school and things that they can do at home with these and things that can also be done when you travel. So I will uh, link to that, uh, that free download for you in the show notes today as well. Number four, of course, we've talked about diet, but it got to make sure you're taking it seriously. One thing I want to make sure too, is that, you know, to give protein as a snack, because you want to be, be aware that hypoglycemia or blood sugar imbalance can cause a lot of negative uh, behaviors in your child. And if you give a child, they should, your child should be given a protein snack that is not loaded with sugar, such as some almonds. Or a healthy type of protein bar that doesn't have a lot of sugar and junk food in it. This helps to balance the blood sugar and this helps their brain think better because it's important for you to know that protein helps us think better and carbohydrates actually reduce the ability to think and make us a bit more compliant. An apple with some almond butter could be a good choice if more compliance is needed, but never, ever leave out the protein. Our, or attention and focus will quickly become worse. A few simple good to go foods are celery or apple slices with almond butter, hard boiled eggs, all nuts, except for peanuts and cashews, lettuce wraps. Uh, I eat these a lot. um, And we take them when we travel, have some, maybe some fresh turkey meat with some uh, chevre or some goat cheese wrapped in some romaine hearts that act like bread. So you're leaving out the bread and the carbohydrates pureed on-the-go nutritious foods from a company called Serenity, and they have different pureed foods, but they also have some grain-free veggie puffs or organic pureed veggie pouches and different things that uh, might be helpful for you as well that are healthier as, uh, for your child. Healthy protein bars, such as the the these keto bars that I'll link to uh, in the show notes as well, that again are filled with protein and the good fats like coconut oil that really help our brain as well. This is a great combination to give a good fat like coconut oil or, or olive oil, along with a organic natural protein, some uh, organic uh, turkey lunch meat that doesn't have, you want to make sure they don't have any MSG in them. The, the, the lunch meat at a lot of delis has a lot of bad fillers in it. So you want to make sure you're getting quality protein foods. You want to remove the bad inflammatory foods from your child's diet. The gut controls the brain and the immune system. So to help your child think and focus better and stay more calm, you must remove the bad foods. And I'm going to link to my free food guide so that you can know the top seven foods to eliminate from your child's diet for helping, again, their better ability to focus and concentrate, improve sleep, calmer behaviors, and much, much more. Number five. Work with the underlying toxins and co-infections. Remember, there are underlying issues that are causing your child's anxiousness, their inability to sleep, their trouble with focus uh, and attention, Uh, all of their behavioral issues. These are all caused by underlying root issues that have to do with their biology, a lot of them being toxins and co-infections. And we want to make sure that you're working with these naturally and safely. Things like being home sure your home is mold-free, mold biotoxins from water-damaged buildings can cause many behavioral issues and trigger some, some autoimmune issues such as PANS. And I'll, I'll link to uh, episodes I've done on these in the past in our show notes for today as well. PANS is an acronym for Pediatric Autoimmune Neuropsychiatric Syndrome. It's when the immune system actually becomes overactive and begins attacking the brain. And this can be triggered by pathogens, toxins, and infections. But also, if we're detoxifying too rapidly without enough toxin binders in place and not stabilizing the detox pathways in the body, things like that, and things are moving too quickly or doing it too fast because you haven't been guided properly, then these things can also trigger PANS since the immune system is going into overdrive. The underlying pathogens and toxins take an effect on our central nervous system. So parents might notice things like a sudden onset of symptoms such as obsessive compulsive disorder or OCD. And tics, tics can be common. They can be motor tics where their body jerks rapidly uh, or they can be vocal tics. Pans and mold biotoxins can affect our motor skills and handwriting, such as uh, handwriting can actually become very, very stressful. Um, The part of the brain that is affected is very commonly affected, uh, that affects our handwriting. A simple device such as a pencil grip or a weighted pencil, which I'll link to some, some of these things in the show notes as well, can be helpful for your child too just for the moment to helping them uh, in class today, but also remember that these underlying root causes need to be worked with. Additional symptoms you might wanna look for are separation anxiety, a decline in school, such as their reading or math abilities, simplified language, they start baby talk, maybe they start bedwetting and have increased urination, aggression, and anxiety with stress. Remember, the good news is that these pathogens and infections can be worked with naturally to give you an idea of how much they affect the brain's ability and cognitive function and to do things such as write and do math. One mom I helped in my program as we worked with these pathogens had something very inspiring that she wanted me to share with you. She wrote, I honestly thought three months ago that my daughter would need a scribe going forward in school because she absolutely hated picking up a pencil and making an attempt to write. She couldn't get the formation of the letter without tracing. She couldn't get the formation of numbers. She just couldn't plan the formation in her head. It was causing her dreadful stress and she avoided coloring and all writing. I really thought it was hopeless, but then it all started to come together she is now writing in my new on my newly painted walls, my new sofa, and anything she can get her hands on. I really don't mind because she has developed confidence in writing, and I'm over the moon. She's now writing independently and writing numbers and doing all her math up to her school level. Her teacher could not believe the achievements in just a few weeks. My daughter wrote her Valentine, her Teacher a Valentine poem. And showed it showed her teacher all of her math. This is from CF. I give her initials to keep her privacy, uh, but she is a proud mom. The sixth strategy we want to uh, work with is sleep and increasing energy. Sleep is crucial to look to our overall physical and mental health, and it's when our bodies heal. Sleep can be affected by ma- many things too. The stress hormone cortisol can wake can wake you up during the night. During sleep, candida, the, the yeast in our, our, our over candida overgrowth or back pathogenic bacteria in the gut feeds on the blood sugar. And so it, it stresses the body and the brain and your blood, blood glucose levels because it's eating up the glucose in the body. And then the brain is starving in the middle of the night when we sleep. Your brain relies on the right amount of glucose to function properly. Therefore, this stress during sleep overworks the adrenal glands due to this imbalance in blood sugar. And this trigger triggers something called candida induced hypoglycemia, which I have written uh, a a blog post on and done a past um, podcast episode on for you. So if you haven't read it, I will link to in the show notes for you. It's it's a common symptom of waking up in the night, usually maybe around 3 a.m., The right diet, of course, is very important to starve out the candida and kill off the pathogenic overgrowth. But additionally, supplementing with something called uh, restful sleep elixir that I've had great success with and I'll link to in the show notes for you can really be helpful and also giving your child maybe a small handful of of some some protein snack right before they go to bed like like even about five or six almonds or something like that just before they go to bed can help to keep that blood sugar balanced while they're sleeping and not eating to help with increasing energy i find that coq10 or ubiquinol is a supplement that is really really helpful in assisting with cellular energy and this is discussed in detail in my episode on mitochondrial dysfunction and autism, which of course I will link to in today's show notes. And plenty of sleep and adequate hydration with pure water is essential. So make sure that you are giving your child um, a pure water, filtered water source, never soda soda will dehydrate the system even more, not to mention increased bad behaviors due to their sugar content and all the other bad, bad ingredients in them. Uh, and I will also link to a very high quality water filter in today's show notes for you. Very, very important to make sure that you have a very high quality water filter. that's getting out things like uh, heavy metal toxins and glyphosate, and uh, all of the other really, really bad toxic ingredients that are in tap water. So, never give your child tap water. Just always remember too that there are solutions. I know it can be really, really stressful for us as parents. And, you know, it's important to note that if your child's body is cleared of these underlying toxins, the pathogens and co infections, their true abilities, as this mom CF just shared with with you, their true abilities can come forward and often their needs for therapy decrease and their needs in school decrease because now they can function better. Once their system is clean, then you will know who they are and actually what they are truly capable of on their own. And again, I will be adding um, some helpful resources like the Council of Parent Attorneys and Advocates link, uh, the IEP Advocates and Child Find Law uh, link. A past episode I did specifically on school advocacy that goes further, another episode on tools to help calm anxiousness and reduce sensory overload. And I ask, please, that you share this with other parents in need, because There are so many parents who are struggling with these issues and don't know about this. So if you have others, even pick three people that you could share this information with. And, um, and if you find this helpful too, to leave me a positive review on whatever platform that you listen to iTunes anywhere, and give me a, you know, hopefully a positive review, then it helps others to find the, the information also, because there are many parents struggling for this. Uh, these things in, in school can be really, really challenging for our child and for us as parents as it approaches. So I hope that today's episode turns out to be extremely helpful for you. I know that these were tools that I use with my my own son that just made all the difference for him in school to make it easier and have greater success, but also for knowing that his staff and his teachers were well-informed of his needs. Because our children can sometimes get blamed for just being a bad or behavioral child, and that is not what is happening. We know with autism, these underlying causes, the toxins, the pathogens, these infections are causing these behaviors. And again, remember, they can always be worked with naturally. Today's show notes will be at naturallyrecoveringautism.com forward slash 174. And again, I hope this was very helpful for you. Please share it with anybody you know who could benefit from it. And again, I'll, as always, I appreciate what you are doing for your child and all the differences that that you are are making for them because it really, really does make a positive difference in your child's life. Thanks again for being here, for listening, and I will see you soon.